0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my humble dwelling place of the internet that I like to call the Catacomb Diaries. Your presence is deeply appreciated and I invite you to stick around through the methods of subscribing, following and the enabling of push notifications. Now, I don't know who you are or where you're from, but I am so glad you could join me today. So today we have again... My very dear friend, Daniel, a.k.a. the Jewish Catholic, and let me pull him up right now. What's
1: going Good on, morning, Daniel. Good morning, Mr. Gibbon.
0: Funny story. Um, earlier this morning, I honestly thought Daniel forgot about the podcast, and I started panicking, <laughs> and I started texting him on Instagram, and started calling him, like... A crazed maniac speaking of crazed um speaking of crazed maniacs let's get into today's topic dark academia now i'm not sure if i'm making a good connection but this is what i'm thinking sorry i'm thinking we might have slightly different impressions of what dark academia is i'm Mm. not sure so let's get into it and find out so how we got into the into this was last week we were doing a podcast about halloween and daniel here told me about this thing called dark academia which i had never exactly heard of but i've heard people saying to me like you know what your vibe is so dark academia i had no idea what it was although i had a hmm. rough idea my first impression was Honestly, wasn't a good one because it sounded like some TikTok thing. And I <laughs> thought about, um, like, I should basically imagined, you know, TikTok, which is, and I thought of that and I was like, darn it, j- yet another terrible thing that people associate me with. Thanks. But after you told me about it, I was like, hmm, this is pretty cool. So I think... I want to leave it up to you to talk about <clears throat> what is the historic academia, because you told me to go in and do some research, I did, but I want to know what
1: mm-hmm.
0: side of dark academia you have You know, gotten yourself yeah. into, essentially.
1: All right. So first, let's go ahead and define dark academia. And I'm just gonna go straight from Wikipedia, which is not the best source for anything. Wikipedia. But, but, <laughs> but I got in my this information today, from TikTok.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess there's not really many good sources out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we'll go with this definition, and and then I'll tell you how we ended up in here. All okay, right. So dark academia is a social media aesthetic and subculture centered around higher education, writing poetry, the arts, the classic Greek and Gothic architecture. And the subculture is associated with ancient art and classic literature. So if, if I was going to define it myself and gathering from all of the things that I ended up learning about it, what dark academia is, is it's an aesthetic, right? And it's a subculture. Some people choose to apply the aesthetics to their surroundings. Some people Mm -hmm. go all the way and kind of live it out, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But dark academia is is just this aesthetic and this mindset that really focuses on the higher learning, right? On acquiring knowledge, on obtaining wisdom, Mm -hmm. on reading these ancient writings that are handed down to us from the past. Uh, There is an appreciation for real what I call real architecture. Uh, of course, I'm being biased I've here. That's what I heard but,
0: as well. Um, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I have a feeling you yeah. might have connected your audio source to your headphones rather than your microphone. So you might want to check that. And while you do that, I'm just gonna add on and say that yeah, I did some research. I think yeah, okay, we're on the same page. But we might get into the the intricacies of it later on. But I found that i found an interesting point i was watching a youtube video that the reason why dark academia has take has gained so much popularity so to say recently especially with covid is because with covid and without school everyone's you know doing school from home people were apparently you know free from essays etc and they had the freedom to learn whatever they wanted or were interested in without the demands of educational institutions and young poets, artists, composers, authors and philosophers and playwrights were now able to happily sit down and indulge themselves in, you know, whatever they wanted to do and that was sort of a a trigger and the rise of this aesthetic, aesthetic, especially on... TikTok. Now, have you managed to settle your microphone? Yeah, I think it's good. Oh, man, this is so much better. I apologize to the audience for letting you guys suffer with that inferior audio quality, which speaking of, you know, this attitude of elitism, audio elitism, that's something we want to get into later on so stick around but please continue on with uh, what you were saying with the appreciation for you know art and
2: right yeah so again sorry sorry everyone for the horrible audio that you faced but here we are back again and continuing what we were just talking about dark academia uh, really embraces the old right and this includes things like the arts for example Think of a current painting now, or not even that current. Let's think of Picasso, right? Compare that to something by Michelangelo. Uh, Compare today's poetry by something that comes from an ancient poet, or think of today's philosophy to something that comes from Plato or Aristotle, uh, Socrates, something like that. Um, So ancient philosophy, ancient art, ancient music, it's basically looking at these things as treasures and trying to obtain it as that which it is, a treasure which is not accessible, quote unquote, to everyone but those who seek for this ancient knowledge uh, and appreciating the beauty of it. So aside from that, in the aesthetic, there's also a big emphasis on things like death. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there is a oh. And I can't forget to say this, but it's the whole aesthetic really romanticizes learning, right? So it's not just about learning, but it's about making it seem like a beautiful pursuit, not necessarily about the end goal, but really about the journey of acquiring knowledge. Like imagine yourself as somebody who is so studious that your desk and your room is covered in books. It's a little bit dark and you have. Uh, pieces of furniture that perhaps are what we would now consider vintage. Um, you have frames around your room. You have maps in your <laughs>
1: background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, that I guess <laughs> that that might give you an idea, and we'll dig into it, and I'll explain how we even got there. Oh,
0: well, if we we're talking about vintage, I'm not sure if my janky IKEA table is considered vintage, but I guess I've got the map down yeah there you uh, go speaking of romanticizing um uh, i think i'm just gonna jump right into it because from you, you, all the things that you pointed out are of course really really great things of course and i think that um as the title of this video suggests you know a lot of these things can be intertwined with catholicism which again will get into later, but uh, you mentioned the romanticizing of uh, the romanticizing of learning but from what I've researched on TikTok, etc I've watched uh, I told you about this I also, as part of my (laughs) research as part of my research, I watched this show, (laughs) The Queen's Gambit Uh, where is my which you mentioned you liked. I was surprised that you watched it, actually. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know it was like like that much of a thing for dark academia. But as seen in the show, The Queen's Gambit, and a lot of the, ah, Sherlock. Have you ever heard of the show Sherlock, the BBC
2: series? Yeah, I've actually heard of all of the Sherlock's because I actually really like Sherlock.
0: Okay, and so you know all these characters that are usually classified as dark academia. or they. Yeah, they're you know they're smart and etc. But I do notice that they tend to romanticize often negative things as well, like you know, drug use, alcohol, um, even to, to some extent in some characters, sociopathic and psychopathic behaviors. So what do you think of that? Like, what do you think of that side of the dark academia that some might consider problematic?
1: Uh, before yeah. I, so-
0: before I, sorry, before I, sorry for the interruption but before i add on i wanted to say that when i was researching people said it's a problematic and they were listing out all those reasons and those reasons i agreed with like yeah like this is um but other reasons they said were oh this is um so eurocentric and um elitist um okay to an extent but they were just talking all about how this is oh this is so white dominated and i'm like yeah. I'm sorry, but have you seen, like, how many Asians go to Oxford? Like, heck, white-scented or whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to bring up that funny point.
2: Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that is very good that you want to start with these negative things because let's go ahead and just get them out of the way. Yeah, let's get um, them out
0: of the way because uh, I think there's a lot of value to be brought out in this and i don't want people to watch and be like and like what do you mean you did this all the fees yeah let's get it out of
2: the way first yeah so some of the things that you just mentioned right like the dark Mm -hmm. habits that come along with it especially sociopath type behaviors um Mm -hmm. i guess it really stems from the fact that when a person is really into the dark academia world um it means that they're really focused on mm-hmm. studying, on learning, so and like because not caring are, about people around yeah. them, etc.,
0: and thinking they're so smart, and thinking
2: they're smarter than everyone else, and everyone else is stupid, and yeah, or not necessarily – Okay, so this is where I guess my bias comes in because even for me, right? I love reading and I love learning, and and I'm really into. Just acquiring more knowledge. Before I even knew about Dark Academia, if you would ex- ask me to explain myself or um, to give you an idea of who I am, I would say somebody who loves learning. That's mm. literally. And going back to, going back to um, last week's video when we were talking about Halloween and we talked about Harry Potter. <laughs> can you can you guess if you know anything about Harry Potter? I don't know if you're that familiar, but can you guess what house I would be in? No, I can't. I'm not that familiar with Harry Potter, but... For anybody who is Ravenclaw, and I should let you know, basically, because they're the same thing. Ravenclaw is like the dark academia folk. Anyway, that's I've heard a lot
0: about, like, the um, Harry Potter being super dark academia, so that was sort of what helped me to (laughs) understand that. Yeah.
2: But that's actually part of the interesting about it, right? About the aesthetic in it. And if you think about the ancient castle and the Gothic architecture, but uh, going back to the negative things, right? So you mentioned before about the elitism where the person who is acquiring the knowledge might feel that they are better than everyone else because everyone else is not up to that level and not everyone appreciates or understands, for Mm. example, uh, a beautiful piece of art, right? Mm. Um, or some poetry, or you know, there's some people that just don't understand poetry at all. Uh, so you might be like, huh, this incompetent fool, you can't understand this. Yeah, but I like how you just that's... put on like a British accent for for that. Like, what is with that? Like, I don't know this. I really don't know. This happens at work too. Sometimes I'd be talking to somebody and I start talking in the British accent, but I really don't mean anything by it. It just kind of pops up. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, I really don't know. I've been doing it since I was a kid. So. Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) Maybe, maybe actually. That's a good point. Um, So, yes, there's the dark aspects to dark academia that include that. And you also mentioned about. You know, drug use and alcohol mm. use. Again, these are things that come from being so focused on that, and not sometimes you might not find um, a way to fill those natural desires of the human being to to be social and to be relating to other humans, and so you fill that void. And learning alone is not going to fill it. So then, some folks end up adding these extra substances to their life, and sometimes to their own detriment just like for example you were talking about sherlock uh there's a modern rendition of the uh, story of sherlock holmes it's the show is called element which is a really good one. Oh, but feet, one oh i thought
0: you were gonna talk about the one with a female watson like oh
2: goodness me i've uh, heard about that one that is the female watson the asian one
0: wait you're talking about element so element is the one with the female asian watson yes do you think that's good? Okay, okay. The, the show Enlighten is pretty me. good.
2: I mean, Enlighten me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I focus more on like the character of Sherlock. I don't really care for Watson. Sorry <laughs> for any Watson fans out there. But what I do appreciate mm-hmm. about him uh, is the fact that he's so studious, right? And that he seeks to go beyond what everyone would expect a regular person to to do, right? Like that's one of the things that's crazy about Sherlock Holmes where – He walks into a room and he would pick out things that he would see as evidence, but to the regular person, it would be nothing more than the background in the room. Um, But one of the things you notice about this character is that he has had a problem with drug use and alcohol use Mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that he's such a sociopath, basically. (laughs) Um, and, And I see that in a lot of the characters, but it does not mean that that is the general view for everybody who is involved in dark academia these are just some of the things that some people seem to point out like for example what you mentioned about it being kind of racist because it's eurocentric but like you said where do you think oxford is it's not down in the congo right where do you think yale is it's not over in Hmm. i don't know in hong kong or something right so it's it's not purposely trying to be that way but that's That's just where it comes from yeah and that's where it comes from for example greek architecture it it mentions that it talks about the greek language by its very nature it comes from greek there's also a huge emphasis on latin where did you think latin came from right it didn't come from the amazon
1: Mm.
2: it came from rome so all of these things, it's not that they're purposely racist, but in this super hypersensitive uh, world that we live in now, everybody yeah. takes like, oh, look at how racist it is because it's, it's the Romans being Roman and speaking their own language or the Greeks speaking their own language. Like, bro, let's chill yeah, out and appreciate yeah. it. And that's, that's where dark academia turns good when you learn like, wow, you know what? I see that culture, which is not my own necessarily, but I appreciate it. And nobody's kicking you out, right? Nobody's saying that you can't partake in that, but you got to appreciate that culture for what it is. And that's why you're appreciating that architecture, that art, that music, because you saw something in another culture that is appealing and they have this appreciation for knowledge. So in that, um, maybe we can dig into it later, but what that means is just means that acquiring knowledge, even though it does... Uh, really focus on on those cultures per se it doesn't mean that you cannot appreciate uh, let's say for example Hebrew uh, knowledge for example I have this book of ethics which is actually a Jewish book and um, Jewish writers are not really known to be that type of uh, socio ethical type of works like what you might see in Greek thought Uh, but there is this work and I really love it. Right. So you might find something that comes from Chinese literature or something that comes from, um, somewhere in the continent of Africa, anything like that. Right. But it just focuses on acquiring knowledge and romanticizing it. So if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let you speak your piece, but then I want to tell you the funny story of how I ended up actually running into Dark
0: Academia. No, that's what I'm most curious about. But I just, to add on to that, I think it's very true, you know, the, well, one of the other issues that they said was the exclusivity of Dark Academia and how some people might, you know, they, they can't, they, they complain about not being able to find their place in it etc. Uh, I think that's complete and utter nonsense, honestly, because it's it's not meant for everyone. Like that's the problem with a lot of things nowadays, isn't it? The yeah. they they think everything has to be for everyone, and you have to include everyone. Like heck, it, like <laughs> bloody hell! It's uh, it's, it's yeah. meant to be. Like I think, it, it. I think I just thought that criticism of it was just ridiculous. It's sort of like criticizing harvard for being exclusive like heck it's meant whatever anyway but also on top of that the entire thing about you know you see something in another culture that you appreciate you know that's something i think both of us in particular can relate to i think uh, you and i share some common ground on this like me being asian clearly the you no know, if I were confined to my culture, that would essentially mean that oh I I must only behave a certain way and like follow Confucian ideologies and stick to, you know, Asian culture and, you know, I'm not allowed to do anything else and I have to box myself into this. But no. Since when has it ever ever been that way? I think, hey, that's something great about this. <laughs> I don't want to say specifically dark academia, but just in general, I think pursuing a higher standard, virtue, whatever it is that you see it in, whatever, be- wherever you find beauty, like you, you, you're totally free to go and pursue that. And if you think the color of your skin is holding you back, that's kind of your problem. And I think yeah. as with you, if you confine yourself to, you know, oh, you're you're Jewish, so that means you, can, you cannot believe in Jesus Christ, like mm-hmm. things would be a lot different for you, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah so that's, again... I don't want to beat this dead horse so much, but basically what there's two things that I want to emphasize in regards to this thing that we were just talking about for dark academia or anything right? With, that requires gaining knowledge. Number one, by its very nature, there is some form of elitism, but it doesn't have to be taken in a negative uh, perception. For example, like the example that you gave about going to Harvard. If you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the abilities, if you don't have the mental faculties to attend a, such a prestigious... Daniel, we uh,
0: literally sound like the most elitist people ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but it's, it's the reality. It's it's going it, to affect that person in a negative way, right? What are they going to do if they're not able to actually comprehend what is being spoken of? It's just like, for example... Uh, let's say that there is somebody who doesn't know anything about art and all of a sudden wants to be, uh, mm. painting something that was made by Raphael. Yeah. It's very unlikely that mm-hmm. they're going to be able to obtain that level. Of course you can learn and get to the point, but you, you cannot consider yourself in a certain rank when you're not, you just have to be realistic. For example, me, when it comes to music. I can appreciate it, but never in my wildest dreams would I assume that I am worthy to be part of, you know, Juilliard. Uh, You know, do you know that university? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, of course, they're elite in the world of music, but I can't pretend to be anything there. Uh, You know, I can play the drums, but that's about it, and I don't think that's going to help me there. Um, So by its very nature, in everything, there is some form of elitism but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's uh, purposely kicking people out rather if you want to be part of it you need to put yourself in that world and you need to put in the work to actually get there so that's number one number two when it comes to the whole racial thing i feel like a lot of people just put problems where they don't have to be like seriously people there's plenty of smart thinkers in every race in every skin color of both genders mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily uh it doesn't necessarily mean that because it comes from a specific side of the world that you can't get to it nobody's mm-hmm. saying that like literally was made this whole dark academia title was made up by i'm assuming very liberal um uh, young kids on TikTok, right and instagram or yeah I'm tumblr guessing. right yeah Which means those communities, nobody's racist. Like everybody there is a super hyper liberal. (laughs) That's such a good point. So you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, people are like so exclusive and they don't want to let me... Literally nobody's saying that. You guys made this up. Nobody's kicking you out. (laughs) Such a good point.
0: And no, those two points essentially sum up why I thought the exclusivity thing was so ridiculous. So please, I want to know how did you get into this thing? Because as you just mentioned, it's literally a thing made up by a bunch of liberal TikTok kids. Like how did you, sorry, how old are you?
2: If you don't mind. Wow, that's terrible. Thanks for asking me, I'm 32. No, I'm 31, oh my gosh, 31.
0: Yeah, exactly, like what's a 31 year old guy doing in this TikTok trend? Like when I was researching, I was like, are we sure we're on the same page? Like, is he talking about that dark academia that I, I'm seeing on TikTok? Like, so
2: please, enlighten yeah. me. Okay, so it, it all begins with the fact that, you know, we're mostly online, as you mentioned before. More specifically yeah. nowadays, that we're all locked up at home. But even prior to this, I've, like I mentioned before, if you asked me who I am and described myself, I would tell you I'm a person who loves learning. I'm, I'm an artist, I've been an artist my whole life, specifically painting and drawing. Um, later, I, I gotta show you some of my artwork. Um, oh, yeah. In addition to that, I'm a, I'm a lover of the actual classical arts. I'm talking about the music and the fine arts. I'm also a person that doesn't believe that uh, art is subjective and that, mm. I, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I don't believe in such craziness. Mm. I believe that there is such a thing as beauty and such a thing as truth, something that everyone will objectively say, that's beautiful or that's really great art. Like nobody is going to look at the Sistine Chapel and say, yeah, that's not art. Everybody will recognize that's art versus you go to a modern gallery now and you'll see some random painting and you'll be like, my, my three-year-old could have done that. If that <laughs> thought pops into your mind, then you know that's not art, at least in my view. And I'm gonna say, I'm going to dare to say this is an objective view, but anyway, so I'm a lover of these things. And of course, when I'm online, I want to keep learning more about this. So I'm always searching for things like philosophy. Um, now that I've been getting more into Catholicism, I've been looking a lot for Thomistic type of philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Which in, in its essence, it's very, uh, tied to Aristotle and to his philosophy. Um, which, of course, you know, comes from Socrates and from Plato. But Aristotle, I think it's like the, the one when it comes to those major three. Um, of course, uh, as you know, also I uh, went to school for architecture, which means that I also really love architecture. And that same mentality that I carry from the world of art, I also carry into the world, world of architecture, which is I don't consider every piece of architecture art there out there, every building, every structure, to be beautiful. I I just don't. Specifically, I know that uh minimalism, you know, it's a trend that was really popular not too long ago. It doesn't seem to be so popular now, but minimalism focused on Pitchy. keeping a super clean and simplistic straight lines, straight edges. And honestly, I I don't find it that appealing. Really? Uh, I did like the yeah, I enjoy the the idea of not being cluttered because I hate being cluttered. Hmm. Uh, I feel mentally claustrophobic in that sense. Hmm. Uh, but I appreciate beauty and I appreciate the oh, yeah, core. Yeah. Like, obviously, I have a frame in my background that, you know, it's, it's got like a gold framing. Mm-hmm. I have art on my walls, which is, um, you know, it, it's not the most simplistic of art. It's Catholic art. I have crucifixes and plants and candles and books like i'm just looking at my desk and these other things that are here i have paint brushes well i mean by honestly by (laughs) um, no offense but
0: by american standards i I would say that you're 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 pretty much a a minimalist and maybe maybe that's just because you're in japan yeah probably
2: right (laughs) uh so yeah so just all all of that just to say my background and how i ended up discovering dark academia is because i was looking for I I look for these things, right? And I being that I'm Jewish, I learn Hebrew. And being that I study the Bible, I also look into Greek, um, into the Greek language so I can understand the scriptures better. So Hebrew and Greek, ancient languages. And of course, now that I've been into the world of Catholicism, I've been learning more about Latin. So I've been getting myself like Oremus, which is a really good book. And we spoke about it before. Oh yeah. so Latin for the that. Illiterati. Yeah, it's it's a great book. So all of these things, when I start searching for Latin, for the Catholic architecture, mm-hmm. for all of these things, you know, the good old algorithms of the interwebs start making suggestions to you. And I guess it picked up on the fact that I was looking at these certain type <clears throat> of things like ancient literature, all of these philosophers, this type of classical music, this type of classical art. And it it must have taken all of this information and said, hey, I think you like dark academia. And it started promoting these dark academia videos on my, on my YouTube feed. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And I just ignored it because I, I didn't know what it was. So then one day, I'm like, yes, forget about it. Let me just click on this dark academia thing. And I clicked on the video, and it was somebody, I don't remember who, uh, but they were basically describing dark academia. And I'm like, man, that is so me, that is so me that this is exactly who I am. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, wait, this isn't just me. This is a traditional Catholic view. This is what Catholicism is. And then the more I learned about it, I'm like, wait a second. Catholicism is dark academia. How so? Yeah, let's go more about that. Yeah, we'll dissect it and because then you bring I'm up trying, any points.
0: I'm still trying to find the the intersect between this TikTok trend and Catholicism. Like, honestly, I'm yeah. still stumped. Like, you have to bring
2: me through this. And, and I will, but do me a favor. Yeah. And I want, I want you think about what you learned about academia and just say one thing that sounds dark academia about Catholicism. I want you to start and then I'm going to go into it. But while you do that, can you focus the cam- camera on yourself? Because I'm actually going to darken the view a little bit. The sun is starting to rise. and My she is looking. Yep.
0: Um, sorry, I muted you there for a while. But, yeah, the camera is on me. You can do whatever you want. Um, wow. Dark academia and Catholicism. I would think it's... I would think of the architecture... I would think of the gothic the the gothic stuff essentially the gothic stuff i think that's the my biggest
2: thing so you mean specifically architecture like the catholic architecture right yeah okay and by the way my my camera is good to go all right i'll push you back on thanks sorry about that
1: no worries that looks
2: a little better all right so a couple of things, and then you tell me if you agree, right? All right. Yeah. So we'll dissect. Uh, let's look back at the definition of dark academia, right? So the aesthetic. Number one, it's it talks about education, right? It romanticizes learning. Yeah, yeah. And I see that in Catholicism. Think I'm thinking of this. Aquinas.
0: Like I'm Aquinas, just picturing
2: Aquinas right now. He he is super dark academia. This guy, <laughs> closed himself off in a room. And just learned and learned, and when actually talking about closing yourself in rooms, one time his brothers, because they didn't yeah. want him to pursue mm. a religious life, they locked him up this in a room story. with a harlot, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He, he chased her around with, with the, like uh, The and poker, O'Hara. like yeah, yeah.
0: what's the what's the name of it? You know, the, the fireplace, fireplace thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so he we, chased her around fireplace
2: I... here in Singapore. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah actually I have a fake one in my house but <laughs> anyway <laughs> so he started chasing her around with that because he mm. didn't want to have to do anything with that what he wanted to focus on was learning right so when it, when it comes to the learning factor think you don't even have to go that ancient just think about the fact that some of the greatest discoveries of our times have been made by Catholics one of the greatest telescopes is owned by the Vatican mm. um, Big Bang the fact reign. that we yeah, the Big Bang theory is was uh, pushed forth by a priest, right? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of Nobel Prize winners are Catholic. A lot of the greatest minds have been Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to higher learning, you know that's that's what Catholicism is. It pushes that. A lot of great universities uh, and schools surround themselves with this type of thought. So that's that's the first one, and I think pretty yeah, much yeah. every serious Catholic every series. And this is why I I wanted to say that Catholicism is dark academia, because I think any Catholic that takes Catholicism seriously, um, is, is really gonna, exactly, exactly for knowledge. I I think, I think for example, of the viewers in my channel, uh, the Jewish Catholic, everybody go follow. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I think it, one of the examples there is that a lot of the people that come follow, are catholics that are trying to learn more about their faith so they're trying to expand their understanding of the ancient roots of the faith Mm -hmm. so they are trying to understand the hebrew they're trying to understand the greek and the latin so they go diving into learning more and then they find my channel and then i'm talking about the ancient jewish roots so this thirst for knowledge goes into the historical factor like we want to learn more history and then it goes to the philosophical aspect which says i want to understand the philosophy that is um, through woven through the the cloth of the faith and also um, not just philosophy but the theology that surrounds it and that's where Thomas Aquinas would come in. This is where Jerome comes in. Mm. The doctors of the church, any one of the doctors of the church, this is what it's all about. And this is why they're called the doctors of the church. So I think Catholicism, just that aspect, uh, could be considered dark academia. What do you think of that?
0: No, yeah. The knowledge part, it's totally got it down. And honestly, now that I think about it, like I, <laughs> this is such a... Uh, me digging our own grave here, but, you know, yeah, I guess it is pretty elitist in that sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, right. th- this opens up a whole new conversation of, you know, it's not for everyone. You, it, it's the entire concept of Catholicism is that you, know, you can't just let, let any, some random illiterate guy who can barely pass second grade math to figure out the hypostatic union and interpret that from the scriptures himself and you know like it it just doesn't work that way and I think that's an unfortunate fact and one that you know you just have to accept
2: yeah um I want to focus a little bit on the elitism once more Mm -hmm. um I, I don't remember what the saying is. I think it's Catholic, Catholicum Ecclesium Solus or something like that. Um, that you cannot be saved outside the church. Uh, yeah, what is that? Uh, extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus." Yeah, exactly. First of all, the fact that it's in Latin. There's your dark academia. Second, <laughs> there is an elitism in Catholicism that says that you cannot be saved unless you are within the church. And I know that nowadays there's a lot so of... Say. yeah exactly that's what i meant right so if you if you look at modern teachings in the church they'll say like oh you know now we have a bigger understanding so other people could potentially be saved because of the graces that come from the church but technically they're not baptized into the church Mm -hmm. like let's say somebody who is a an amazonian that never had any idea Mm -hmm. about catholicism doesn't know anything. And this is what we call that invincible ignorance where they completely literally it's not on their own fault and they have followed the moral compass that god has provided Mm -hmm. every human being with and they've done so in a in the right manner and then the church says that they have the potential of being saved but the teaching remains that Mm. the reason why they're able to be saved it's not just because they simply happen to follow these things but because of the graces of the church that prays for the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. And the graces of the church, which are really the graces of Yeshua, God himself, just dispersing these graces that uh, can save, right, to those who accept it and or who live according to the pattern which God laid out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: in that way, there is a lot of exclusivity uh, in Catholicism, right? It's, again, not for everyone, because if you reject the faith, then you're not in the club, basically. So when it comes to Catholicism, how do you get in? You have to go through a certain set of steps to be considered part of the church, part of the kingdom, right? So you need to get baptized, you need to get confirmed, you partake of the economy of the sacraments, mm-hmm. and you live out the faith. So in its, in its essence, Catholicism in that way is very dark academia. Yeah, um, yeah I want to add on something
0: to that, which is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The connection between yeah, essentially, that's another way that Catholicism is very dark academia, and I mean that resonates with me because one thing that well, I had a recent run-in with a Protestant online, and something he said was, oh, you know, Catholics are so arrogant and like (laughs) exclusive and because like uh, the guy was one of those protestants who you know they believe that you know as long as you believe in christ you're all saved and to them you know that's you know that's a very good virtuous um biblical uh, christ-like message you know like uh, christ wants to save everyone and you know from uh, uh i guess in another life i no, I'm not going to say that, but like, you know, I, I can, but I can see what where they're coming from, you know, like, it's a good, it's coming from a good place, I guess, but mm. yeah. uh, and then they look at Catholicism, and they're like, oh, this is so exclusive, and all you Catholics are so arrogant, you think that yeah. you're the only ones who have it right, and, uh, like, and now well, I'm yeah, seeing, uh, like, honestly, I'm seeing the similarity that catholicism has with dark academia based on the criticism it gets
2: so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've got yeah I've got that point exactly see that that makes complete sense like yeah, yeah as a Catholic every Catholic should be able to see that and be like yeah I understand why people say that because it's true I've heard that whole comment about Catholics being arrogant so much why because we claim mm-hmm. to be the one true Church of mm-hmm. Christ And we're not like, you know, we're all part of the same thing. No, we are the church, and everyone who is a Christian who is outside of the church needs to come in. We don't say, oh, it's fine, just stay like that. No, we want them to come because we know we are that church, right? Like, you know, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever heard, like, some people say, like, hey, you're not that guy. Trust me, you're not that guy. But we are that guy, right? Like, we are the one, true, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. So uh, that's the exclusivity factor. I'm gonna also go into, you spoke a little bit about the uh, architecture, right? But it mm-hmm. also includes all the arts, um, such as music, such as the fine arts, like paintings. Look at some mm-hmm. of the greatest works. They're inside of cathedrals. I mentioned mm-hmm. before the Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel, Pieta, yeah. Madonna and yeah. Child exactly all of these super beautiful classic paints as a matter of fact in the time of the renaissance right where there was why is it called the renaissance it's because at that time is i think now we're starting to see the beginning stages of another renaissance
0: that's something that they pointed out as well that you know dark academia is
2: like the new renaissance and i can see that why because the renaissance was basically a rediscovery of ancient greek knowledge ancient Mm. roman knowledge Uh, and what they started doing is they started acquiring this knowledge and really romanticizing it so i guess even the renaissance period was um the epitome of what dark academia is right it really pushed uh this desire of obtaining this knowledge from really all around the world which is again why i think that now when people think that it's only eurocentric even though it It seems like it because of the architecture um, and the specific uh, universities that people focus on. Mm. It seems that way. But back in the day, in the time of the Renaissance, they were obtaining knowledge that came from Egypt, things that came from the Far East, Mm, all of these things that they started. Exactly. Exactly. Because of that, all of these things started really pulling together and people really appreciated all this knowledge and from asian specifically a lot of the medicinal knowledge like the understanding of medicine and herbal medicines it really came from asia so that was a a really big thing um so uh now we are seeing this resurgence of people desiring ancient knowledge right and yeah in in Catholicism, we see that also in the arts, right? A lot of people are now starting to appreciate that ancient art. And let's think also of the traditional Catholic movements, right? Mm-hmm. The people that love the TLM. Mm-hmm. They love the ancient architecture. They mm-hmm. love the ancient art. And I myself, I agree. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm looking at this and I think art is objective. And I don't think that I'm gonna be straight up with you and with everyone that's watching, I'm gonna be very honest some of the modern churches i really don't like the design and it doesn't feel like a holy space to me and i know the eucharist is there and that alone is powerful and that alone is all we should really seek but i think dr taylor marshall put it, put it best uh in that mass of all ages documentary he talks about the fact that um uh, the eucharist is like a diamond and the liturgy is like the setting where mm. you put it that ring setting where that diamond goes in mm. so you could take that beautiful diamond <clears throat> and throw it in some plastic ring and for some reason it seems to diminish the appreciation for the diamond itself because the setting is not that good it's not something that it's not saying that the diamond is yeah. worthless mm. but rather that the the person that looks at the ring is going to appreciate it less than they would say if this diamond was placed in a Beautiful, ornate, uh, and masterfully crafted setting. So, traditional Catholics would also say the same thing about the liturgy, right? That the liturgy, when it's done in reverence, when it's done in a beautiful church, cathedral, basilica, when it's done with Gregorian chant, when it's done with incense and with vestments. And it's all extra, right? It seems extra, but that's what dark academia is, and it is, this is why I, this is why um, I feel that there is such a connection between dark academia I mean, yeah, and the Catholic Church. It,
0: yeah, you're slowly convincing me. You're slowly convincing me. I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm averse to it. It's just that I was, <laughs> I was I was having trouble understanding the link between again the TikTok trend and Catholicism, but okay yeah. you're really helping me to
2: understand what you mean by dark academia being catholicism and, and let's look at you i mean i know that it's not by any fault of your own but you ended up ad- attending a traditional latin mass yourself right <laughs> yeah i and, did and i'm gonna i'm gonna put you in the spot here oh, and yeah i'm gonna ask you if you had to choose and i i, I put this um post on my instagram once yeah, and yeah. i asked that question if you had the choice between either one of the uh, forms of the Roman rite, that being the Novus Ordo or the traditional Latin Mass, what would you choose? Well, and different... again, we're not talking about the validity. We're not talking about oh, whether one's yeah, legit yeah. I mean, or not. The... Like we, you and I both understand they're both legit. But which one would you choose in regards to the actual liturgy and how it's performed? I mean, the answer is.
0: Clearly, I mean, uh, when we come back to objectivity, I think there's an, an objective beauty of the Latin mass that nobody can deny. And hence, you know, I don't think... Uh, I mean, I guess there are some people, but I, I don't see any, how anyone could, in their right mind, pick, <laughs> not pick the Latin mass, you know?
2: Yeah. And... Now that you say that, there the people that did say that they didn't want to choose the Latin mask. But,
0: but it's, it's funny. usually
2: for other reasons that like, I find. It's they yeah.
0: but they prefer the nervous order because it's in a language they can understand. Exactly. Or, exactly. You know, and stuff like that. But if you talk about like objective beauty and, you know, the reverence of it, like no, no one can argue.
2: Like, Yeah. Exactly. So there is an appreciation for this tradition, which is also something that comes down from dark academia, because what have we been talking about? Uh, that it's really about taking these ancient writings that have been does passed down,
0: down from dark art. academia, or does dark academia come down from Catholicism? That's the, and that,
2: that's the trick
0: question <laughs> uh-huh. right there, and
2: hopefully we'll find an answer at the end of this live stream, but uh, I just wanted to talk about other Keep aspects of it. Spence. So we'll we'll go down the, the definition once more and just to make sure that so far Catholicism is dark academia, right? So we talk about higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the art. We talked about the architecture. And in regards to the language, that's another thing. I actually found that there was so much emphasis on the ancient Greek and Latin. I mean, no, nobody was like paying attention to Hebrew, so I was kind of hurt a little bit. But right. whatever. But <laughs> for for somebody who studies the scriptures, you're gonna know that Latin and Greek, and of course for me Hebrew. Mm. These ancient languages are essential to our faith because just look at the cross. If every if a Catholic has the crucifix in their in their home,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know they have the uh, I N R I, which is yeah. So that right there, that's Latin. Um, and i think pretty much every catholic that has a crucifix is going to have that in their in their home so this emphasis on the on the language affects even those who are not considered traditional catholics right it's all part of it and the church itself has you know we spoke about the the efficacy of latin as a language in mm-hmm. particular in prayer and exorcisms we spoke about that and the reason we discovered that Uh, Latin is efficacious is not because of the language in and of itself, but rather Mm. because the church has taken that language and sanctified it, set Mm. it apart for the church and liturgical use, which is why our most sacred documents are all written in Latin. And in dark academia, if you look through, There are some people that go up and take up Latin books. They want to learn about Latin because it's a dead language and because there's a beauty to it. Mm. And again, it comes from the same side of the world, you know, where the Romans, for example, they took their idea of architecture from the ancient Greeks, right? So that's why you see a lot of, you see the similarity between Roman and Greek architecture. It's because of that same factor. The Romans saw the beauty in the Greek architecture and they applied it to their own, made their own modifications as well. Uh, specifically, like if you look at the pillars this, I digress, but, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities, but also a little I bit of, yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So look at, for example, St. Peter's, uh, cathedral, uh, St. Paul's cathedral. They, they have this ancient architecture, right? And they have this type of thing and there's Latin written all over them. Mm. Um, again, so it emphasizes these ancient languages. Another part of it is the writings and poetry, which in Catholicism, do you know of any poets?
0: I actually don't.
2: I... <laughs> so there, there is- I would consider I a lot that... of prayers to be poetry though. I, I'm actually really hurt that you're so close and you cannot think of poetry as a Catholic. The book of Psalms. Oh,
0: yeah, okay, fine. I... <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs>
1: uh, are you not embarrassed? <laughs> yeah, I
0: am. I'm sorry, I I didn't used to be a Protestant like you, you know. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but Song of Songs, yeah, yeah, the entire
2: mm. Right, right. And mm-hmm. but you're right. A lot of our prayers, they are pretty much straight up poetry. And that's not that's not the only extent of it. There's mm-hmm. actually a lot of uh, poetry throughout um, our literature, right? In Catholicism. So there's one other aspect that I want to touch up on and then we can just kind of have like a free-for-all and I yeah. don't know if you're going to take questions from anybody that views. But uh, so we spoke about the higher learning, we spoke about poetry, we spoke about the arts, we spoke about mm-hmm. the languages. We have literally gone through the definition of dark <laughs> academia and everything matches up with Catholicism. But there's one last point. Okay. The emphasis on death,
0: hmm.
2: right, and murder, and that's the go the gory side of dark academia. And you know, a lot of people start looking into murder mysteries, and this is something that the world of dark academia really emphasizes <clears throat> in. And you'll see sometimes they'll have like skulls in the background and things like that. Can you? <laughs> <I like laughs> how we both just prepared uh our... we did not plan this we just <laughs> that was
0: that was not planned but
2: <laughs> yeah so can you yeah. explain what is that for those of the people that might not know what in the world are you holding
0: yeah uh, memento mori um latin for remembered death
2: exactly so it, again Catholicism is so focused on death in so many levels. Number one, our faith exists because the Messiah was murdered, Mm. right? He was crucified on a Roman cross for us, right? So the whole faith literally is based on that factor. The fact that he was, and it is like a murder mystery because think about it. So many people, when he died, they thought maybe he didn't die maybe, or maybe mm. he did die, like for example, the, let's take it from that he didn't, he was not murdered, right? In in Islam, they talk about Yeshua, mm. uh, they call him Isa, and what do they say? They say that there was a switch that happened, that, that an imposter was actually crucified on the cross and died, and that Yeshua actually, that. actually, yeah, and that Yeshua was actually, uh, he was taken up into heaven later, but that he didn't die. <clears throat> in in other sources like in the ancient jewish world they said oh no he was he did die but the disciples stole the body mm. but then this is where the resurrection and the assumption are so important because they prove that yeshua actually really did die and really did come back to life so it's kind of like a big murder mystery it's like what really happened so and and it's not just a murder mystery, and it's not just a great murder mm-hmm. mystery it's the greatest murder, murder mystery, mystery of all time
0: of all time that literally
2: <laughs> changed the world yeah. the whole world is changed Heck. because of it. Not only that, let's see the other aspect I'll, I'll let you have some free reign because I feel like I've been talking too much. no no Can you... like this is like this is all you man. <laughs> Uh, well, another aspect of this whole death thing is momento mori. Like you said, it's remember death. It's remembering that we are mortal Mm -hmm. and that death awaits us. But for a Catholic, we don't look at death. How most of the world does with Mm -hmm. fear, at least we shouldn't right? Especially now with this whole health situation where Catholics seem to be forgetting that death is not the end and we should not fear death. What does Paul say? He says to die is gain. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of romanticize death because we understand that it's not the end. So we have that. Not only that, many Catholics have things like skulls or images of Momento Mori around their house. Mm-hmm. We also talk about the saints who have passed from this world, and we see them as even more alive. So again, we're romanticizing. Look, I mean death Halloween. We, we just did that out. last week. <laughs> exactly. How how more dark academia can you get in regards to death and that right yeah so all oh i
0: feel sad for um Protestants who want to be into this whole dark academia thing like I'm sorry yep. you, 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 just, you can't you just can't be Protestant and like dark academia like sorry yep. this is just it's being elitist right now like sorry yeah, pretty much um, Speaking of this, now I want to bring in some pop culture into this. Um, yeah. So first of all, the skulls, the entire dark academia aesthetic. Um, in the BBC Sherlock series, he like like he literally has a skull. Like he likes yeah. to talk to a skull. Like so, that's something that yeah, you're right. Dark academia yep. is all about skulls, and yeah. also nope. the. Um, going back to that little quip that I made about, you know, if you're a Protestant, you can't be into this dark academia thing. Um, mm. I mentioned this before, but I read a Reddit post, I think, about, it was comparing two Marvel superheroes, like, it was Peter Parker's Spider-Man and Daredevil, so Peter Parker's uh, Protestant and Daredevil is Catholic and they were just comparing the two characters and how it affects the way they behave and their decisions. Like, Peter Parker is always, like, swinging around, happy-go-lucky, and Mm -hmm. whereas Daredevil, he's, like, all dark and broody, and, like, he's always having these, like... Moral dilemmas in oh, should I kill Kingpin or sh- no? But I can't kill, and then he goes for confession, and he sees
2: his priest, and you know,
0: and I didn't
2: know he was actually Catholic.
0: Really, Daredevil?
2: Yeah, I didn't know. I've I've never actually seen Daredevil, Heck. so I didn't well, know that. Um,
0: you 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 have to see Daredevil. I mean, if you've seen all the Sherlock series. Serials. Um, if you've seen The Queen's Gambit, you better go watch Daredevil. (laughs) I'm always telling Catholics to go watch Daredevil Daredevil because, um, I wouldn't say that it's dark academia, but I would say it, you know, it explores the. It really represents. I think it just represents the. I guess, um. It brings it focuses a lot. It focuses a lot on Matt Murdock, the main character, Daredevil. His how his faith ties mm. into his life and his decisions as a mm-hmm. vigilante, and it, it does it pretty right. accurately. Um, so yeah, definitely a must watch. And um, this is what I wanted to bring up as well, which is how dark academia can be. Such a great tool for evangelization and i say this because um right after i talk about daredevil because back uh, when i was in school i had a friend who really loved the series daredevil the one we were talking about the the netflix series and because of how they portrayed daredevil and his catholic faith he became mm. so interested in Catholicism and he would always wow. ask me so many things and like come to mass with this and a- attend our youth group sessions with this. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, um, you know, this is what I mean by it's not good to neglect the culture and stay in, like, your own Catholic bubble and, oh, like, all these, like, stay out, um we're not gonna touch Netflix, nah, this is all (laughs) pagan, oh, Halloween, oh, like, (laughs) don't even get me started on that, like, anyway, you know, but being in touch with the culture is just so important, not because we want to bring the culture into the church, but because we've got to know how to use the culture because, yeah. you know, culture is always a reflection of what people, you know, I guess people's natural desires in some sense. And mm-hmm. when we can observe the culture and identify what it is people are yearning, and of course all of us yearn the same thing, right? Um, right. We all yearn Christ. But how that manifests, uh, mm. it manifests in different ways, depending. And this is some a part where some people may be like, oh, no, like that's so modernist. But it's mm. just the fact that, you know, that desire manifests in different variations and styles, depending on the context of their culture, where they grew up, where they live, what point mm. in time they're living in. You know, right. whether they grew up in the age of the Internet or whether they grew up in the age of, um, you know, working in the fields. I think mm-hmm. these are things that really affect the way that we see things. And, you know, that's something we have to take note of. And today yeah. we are observing something that is essentially a free pass for us Catholics. This is such yeah. a steal. Like people are digging this Dark academia thing. Like, we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be pouncing on this, but unfortunately, I think because of, you know, a lot of the negative aspects that are supposedly, Mm -hmm. you know, negative aspects or the fact that it's associated with TikTok and stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. many Catholics will push it away and be like oh no no like none of this and you know it's a pity you know the traditional catholics yeah. will do that and the modernist catholics will just take it to it to a whole another <laughs> level yeah, which yeah. is just beyond doctrine but what, what do you what do you think about this how can we use doc- yeah. academia as the perfect evangelization tool
2: well, I think you, you said it the perfect way, which is the fact, well, there's a couple of things that you said that are really awesome. Number one, what you always focus on, which is, you know, bringing the church to the culture. And you said that this is a free pass because of the fact that we don't have to do anything. We just have to be Catholic. Yeah, we don't even have people. to
0: hide the broccoli and the brownie. If you, yeah, you know, we don't even have to do yeah. that.
2: They literally want the broccoli. Yeah, like literally the reason why I even discovered dark academia, it's because everything that I was looking for in Catholicism made YouTube think that I was looking for dark academia. Mm. So that's number one. Uh, the other thing is that we, if uh, there's also the distinction, of course, the, the modernist view of Catholicism, which I disagree with 100% in, in uh, its all... philosophy and core. right? But the traditional Catholicism, which means, it all it really means is authentic Catholicism. Because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, when you look at a modernist view, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rabbit trail. But what we think of when we think of modern, modernist view of Catholicism is the one that wants to change the traditions which have been handed out to us. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it, like, for example, female priests, uh, let's say, for example... Uh, the pro, pro-choice view that some Catholics are trying to push. That's not Catholicism. That's why I make the distinction of this modernist view on Catholicism <clears> versus <throat> traditional Catholicism, which believes in the teachings and the traditions of the church. So if you are living in the world of actual Catholicism, which is traditional Catholicism, then you're going to observe these things that we ha- which we have been talking about in dark academia. And recognize that this is our faith and you know what's funny that when young kids go and look at dark academia you noticed how so many people are getting offended because Mm. of the exclusivity and because it seems so elitist Mm. and all of the things that they say against it you and i were like what this why are people complaining about these things and that's the same thing that we do about Catholicism and I mm. think the reason why we both had that same reaction it's because both of us being in the world of Catholicism we get those criticisms and we're like what what are people saying that
0: And also we aren't right. the you know we're not necessarily what you know we're not white european people like right. I'm an asian right. guy Daniel is a hispanic yeah. jew Like, you know, it's not exactly what the typical Catholic stereotype that people try to put out as exclusive is. And I think it's the same for
2: this dark academia thing. Yeah, and the reason why we can use all of this and leverage to the advantage of the church is because, like I said, I found it because I was looking at these Catholic things and YouTube Mm. thought that I was looking for... Mm -hmm. Dark academia. But what happens if the people looking for dark academia end up looking to it and find Catholicism? Yeah, that that would be So what does that mean? That means if you're posting traditional Catholic things, hashtag dark academia. <laughs> yeah, we have to do that. We have to start this trend. Like Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think if we start doing that, these young people who are and Let's really get to the center of it. Yeah, what are they seeking? Exactly. What is it that these young people are seeking? So we live in a world where there's this battle, like what we're having in the church, where some people want to be progressive and some people really want to hold on to the tradition. Hmm. This speaks to the voice of the youth. Hmm. And this is something that I've mentioned. I even tagged the Pope in regards to this, which is young people do not want a guitar playing priest Mm. performing mass with hip music in the background. Young people are looking for something solid. Mm. The reason why they're looking into this trend, it's because this trend isn't based on something that flows. It's a trend based on something that is solid, which is what? History and ancient wisdom. Mm -hmm. and ancient knowledge and ancient art so there are a lot of threat a lot of trends and you know uh, the Pope even said that maybe a lot of the young people are just looking at traditional Catholicism as a as a trend right the things that come and go number one with all due respect to to our Pope uh, number one our faith is not a trend Mm mm-hmm to the young people that are looking into these things, they might see it as a trend. But the reason why it's so appealing, it's because everyone's looking for a strong foundation. <laughs> young people are tired of trends that come and go. They really want to find their yeah. identity in something. So they're, they're mm. looking at these different aesthetics through TikTok and, and Pinterest yeah, exactly. and Tumblr. Yeah. right? They're looking for some way to be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's me. Or this is, this is essence. This is what I want to be. So what do they do? They start looking through these trends and they start doing room decor. They start changing Mm -hmm. the ambience. They start listening to specific type of music because they want to feel part of something real. And the physical,
0: uh, you know, the physical really has a, how do you put it? You know, the physical aspect of things, it, you know, it represents the, Internal I guess like the spiritual and the external there is a big correlation again back to the you know the Terribly designed um... churches with modernist designs
2: Yeah, like for example all of the look at the the trend of All the converts the young converts Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the kids that were raised in these modern renditions of the church But look at all the young converts Mm mm-hmm what are they going to? Yeah, they're what are most they attracted likely, by? Yeah, they're most often, maybe not 100%, but most often attracted to the ancient liturgy and the churches that look like the <coughs> Catholic churches. Mm. And this is me coming in from an external person's view, right? Mm-hmm. I was not born Catholic. Mm. But what called me into Catholicism is when I would look at these churches that look grand because they look ancient, because they look like they come from a solid foundation and Mm. tradition because they look royal because they look holy. And young people and young converts, they're coming into the church because they see this ancient beauty versus they look at some of these churches, which unfortunately I've seen that legit look like an Apple store. (laughs) Yeah. Their architecture is horrid. So like, I'll give you an example here in Tokyo. Um, Mm the very first catholic church that i went to in tokyo mm-hmm. was a very modern looking church and i was i loved the fact that i was in front of the eucharist mm-hmm. but then i'm like this there's something off about this yeah there's something off about know. this priest over here basing his homily on a cnn article oh man then i ended up then i ended up going to another parish which is the one that i currently attend mm-hmm and the building is in this old style of Mm. architecture with Gothic um, highlights on it, beautifully done and crafted with the stained glass windows and all of these things. And I stood there and that's where I am now. So it's like um, Bishop Barron, I'll bring Mm. him in here, even though some people consider him a modernist too, right? But he's also a person that really believes in beauty, right? He believes I think he's cool. Yeah. So he talks about, you know, the, the three main big things, which is uh, beauty, mm. truth, and what was the other thing? There's another thing. But beauty and truth basically tied together. And a lot of times it's hard to get young people or anyone with truth. Mm-hmm. So you present beauty first. And mm. this is where, again, the dark academia aspect in yeah. Catholicism really works. You're really going to have a hard time going to young people out there and being like, hey, listen, you're going to go to hell if you don't uh, accept Yeshua. But if you say, look at that beautiful cathedral, wouldn't it be awesome to check out the inside? Look at that beautiful church. Look, can you hear those chants? Can you hear that Gregorian chant? It sounds amazing. And if there are young people that are looking into, oh, somebody posted it. Yeah, beauty, truth, and love. Exactly. Thank you, Julia. Julia. Um, So, when, when we're looking at these things in Catholicism and there's young people that are perhaps looking for this aesthetic, they're, Aesthetic purchasing, right? They're (laughs) they're looking for aesthetics to to claim their own, yeah. Aesthetic shopping, right? They they end up finding Catholicism, and they're like, man, that's that's what I want. And then that leads
0: Mm. them into the just like just like my friend who watched the Daredevil, you know. (laughs) Exactly, exactly the same thing. Like I'm so tempted to go down another rabbit hole of how because perhaps there's less emphasis, emphasis on the concept of extra um you know, no salvation outside the church. You know, people right. aren't so concerned about bringing people in anymore. And that maybe has an effect on, you know, these things, you know, because, you, you know, if the entire yep. world was Catholic and people wanted to start making these mo- like modern-looking churches, okay, still still a problem. But it wouldn't be as bad. I would say, like objectively, it wouldn't be as big as of a problem. But the problem is, like, uh, we still have so much work to do. Why? Why are we doing this? Like, heck, we 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 still have so much work to do. Why are we taking for granted that you know, we, we can't take it for granted? If these, uh, why are we neglecting the beauty and splendor of our faith? You know, is uh the word would be like why aren't we flexing you know like why aren't Nasty. we why aren't we flexing how like amazing we are like and you know this is what you know, natural beauty you know special bareness is it brings people in and mm-hmm. another another thing I wanted to say about your the dark academia being a good evangel- evangelizing tool is you know it's a lot like marketing in the sense that in marketing or sales rather, you the most effective leads that close. I'm sounding like a total like, like asshole entrepreneur here talking about like sales and stuff. You know, if you want to get the leads, you know the, the highest close rates are always the ones who are you know warm leads. Do you know the concept of what a warm lead is? Not true, f- okay, not okay. Too familiar. Wait. you were you're you work in a school, right, yeah, yeah, okay, so not in this sales world, but like you know a warm lead is essentially a, if you want to sell I don't know um I don't know a sandwich, okay, you don't sell it to someone who's not hungry, you sell it to someone who's uh no, that's a terrible example. I mean, if you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna sell, uh, heck, I can't think of a good example right now. But essentially, you wanna sell something to someone who is actively wanting that thing that you're selling, who yeah, already yeah. wants it. You don't go to someone who like it, like would never in a million years, like who doesn't even like ham sandwiches. You want someone who. Like it literally already likes um ham what else do you go go what else goes well, with ham? I,
2: but I think I, I you guess get, yeah, I think you get the concept. Yeah, I think what you're saying. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, like, it's like seven AM and
0: I have not slept. Like I can't think. <laughs> oh look, no, that's sure, another sure. apparently that's another dark academia trait, not sleeping all night and uh, that's a different that's story. True. Um, what were you gonna
2: say? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, <clears throat> in regards to um, marketing to a specific audience, this is yeah. what we do all the time. For example, just think of hashtags. The reason yeah, why we yeah. put hashtags is because we're trying to tie Rich our image to something. already are looking are looking for, for that exactly. That exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, in regards to people that are, let's say that they're looking for hashtag Gothic architecture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, look at our churches. Yeah, hashtag yeah. Hashtag philosophy Okay, well Hello and say Welcome to Mr. Thomas Aquinas yeah. uh, Somebody who's putting You know Hashtag poetry Okay, welcome to this the Psalms This is so
0: good No, this is so good Because right? I've been thinking So much about you know, There's so much There are so many ways That we could Market Catholicism And I think One uh, Group of people That do this super well Is the Mormons like they mm-hmm. they i think they literally have meetings to discuss okay like and they have like professional marketing like campaigns and okay how are we going to market Mormonism we need to do yeah. the same thing with Catholicism but the thing is like you know we're not doing it and i that's something that this is what really excites me about this whole dark academia thing um but before i go further i also want to point out another thing i know this is going on for so long today but i <laughs> honestly don't care because this is such a great topic to yeah, talk about that here. we could talk about for ages but when you said about you know the, the seeking something they they they're, they're all seeking something that yeah. they want um and that being of course for all of us ultimately you know we're all seeking christ in some way shape or form it's God's right. grace acts on all of this, but um something that I saw that was highly associated with dark academia is existentialism, if you've heard of that, I have, I have. yeah existentialism, you know, I think essentially it's like like what is the meaning of life that entire vibe right, and yep. you know if this is if this is the vibe or if this is the trait of people who are into dark academia then heck like they're already <laughs> searching for something they're searching for it we just have to give them the answer so again yeah, back to the concept of warm leads like you know they literally already we know they're already looking for it these are the people that we need to introduce Catholicism to and when people ask like what's the best way to evangelize it's like you know like there are so many great ways and this is just one of them not by like yeah. pushing them and saying oh if you as he said if you don't believe in yeshua oh man i'm mm-hmm. saying that as well i'm i'm essentially yep. jewish now if you <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe in yeshua you're going to sheol ha yeah. oh there a, we go Ooh. I am a like Hebrew scholar yeah I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew scholar <laughs> See? yeah like we... you don't do that but you know there's so many ways that and I think we've really neglected this part of we've really neglected it and I think with the yeah. internet we can do so so much um and yeah, I have some stuff prepared like regarding dark academia as well but before i go on to that entire monologue is there anything you want to add on to that
2: well i don't i don't know what specific you're going to speak on now but i just want to just highlight a couple things about this whole conversation so we began this conversation talking about the definition of dark academia and we explored how every single facet of dark academia it's it's basically catholicism so for these young people or maybe not young, but just anybody who is looking for these things, you will also find that these are people that are like um, just seeking for the ancient, right? And all of these things are the same. They're very parallel to what Catholicism is. So literally all we have to do is introduce them to the fact that all they have to do is switch the label. (laughs) And it's not dark academia, (laughs) it's just Catholicism. Just switch the label and they won't recognize the difference except for the fact (laughs) that when they get in there, that when they get in there it's like oh man mm. there's not just beauty but there's truth yeah yeah so so again we're like you're seeking exactly so th- as you mentioned before the beauty about this specific trend is that it's not a trend for us this is just what we're living out mm-hmm. so we don't have to do anything all we need to do is extend our hand and Give what we have to these people that are clearly hungry for something solid Mm -hmm. and real, right? Again, these people that are looking for these aesthetics, it's not simply because they're looking for the next trend. It's literally because they're trying to find out who they are. They're trying to search for an identity. And this identity Mm -hmm. really calls to them these values like Mm -hmm. higher learning, uh, the appreciation for literature and for the ancient and for beauty and for all of these things. These are things that these people are looking for. We might as well give them what we have, which is what they're already looking for. So with that being said, go ahead into your uh, monologue.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, as we've we've talked a lot about like the great things about dark academia, but me being me, I'm quite, quite a critic. And I know we covered the bad things about it earlier, but I just want to talk about something else as well, which is mm. obviously with TikTok, TikTok etc. Sometimes, mm. if if we're not like I know, it, yeah, it can be a segue into Catholicism, but I think with you know these aesthetics etc. Um, some it can become the same as taking your identity, like you just talked about this, like taking your identity in other things, such as like gender identities, you know, your, even your race, etc., your sexuality right. instead of Christ. And in the same way, when you box yourself into the aesthetic of dark academia, I think there is some potential for you to start identifying with the aesthetic rather than, You know, your identity is a child of God. And Mm. I mean, I'm saying this for a reason, which I'll elaborate on later. But um, yeah, something that came up in my research was there's a problem apparently in the dark academia community, which Mm. is that people act as gatekeepers as to what is and what isn't dark academia. And when that happens, people who want to be dark academia will only post things that fit into the model of dark academia, whether it is genuine or not. And, and as we said earlier, like, you know, the exclusivity, it's nonsense. But mm-hmm. there's a fine line here, um, I feel. So mm. I will admit that when you told me about this whole dark academia thing, and I looked more into it. And, you know, what we just talked about how this is such a great tool, like I was so tempted to just go all into it. Um mm. and Like, you know, this is so great. like uh should just make my entire aesthetic dark academia. <laughs> and, I mean, on a personal level as well, because I'm, like, as I share, like I'm from a single mom family. And for most of my teenage life, I didn't grow up with a, father figure in my life so mm. a lot of my teenage years were spent trying to figure out the sort of man i could you know i wanted to be so mm. even to this day it is tempting for me to want to completely adopt an identity mm. for example this dark academia thing because mm. you know it's what so many of us are seeking and isn't it as you mentioned mm. as we talked about throughout this episode you know, a solid sense of identity and we're all seeking who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I was tempted to adopt this in hopes maybe more people will like me and if I fit this cool dark academia vibe. Uh, And for me, you know, as I said, it it so happens that, yeah, conveniently, I do happen to nicely fit the mold of this dark academia thing without trying. (laughs) And... But now here's the thing that I want to talk about, which is I started, like, my mind started to go places like, you know, maybe I shouldn't laugh as much, you know. I have to be more, you know, broody. And, (laughs) and, like, uh, what else? Like, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't post on my Instagram stories so I can seem more mysterious. And then I... (laughs) And you know, my mind went to these places, and then I immediately thought, but wait, you know, that's it's not me, you know, it's not who I am. Mm. I'm a humorous person right. who I, don't know, I see, I tend to see everything as a joke. Uh, I can't help that. Um, <laughs> an expressive and opinionated person. Um, I've always been one to put my thoughts through a megaphone, um, and I'm a frank, honest, open person, and you know, to take that part of me away just to fit like an aesthetic I, you know it wouldn't be mm-hmm. genuine and it would just be me trying to seek my identity and something else when you know mm-hmm. all we're seeking is Christ right <laughs> so yeah. that is sort of like you know it's a personal sharing and also a fair warning in case anyone watches this and you know this dark academia thing don't get me wrong like i think it's awesome to like incorporate the aspects of it but I think we we too as Catholics were not immune to behaving like TikTok teenagers and falling into the trap of wanting to adopt the entire dark academia aesthetic with the map behind you and wearing a turtleneck <laughs> every day and, you know, being all mysterious and dark. You know, don't let it take who you are away from you. Like, it doesn't mean that, you know... Of course, dark academia and Catholicism are so intertwined, but yeah. it doesn't mean that every Catholic has to fit the dark academia vibe. So that's sure. just, yeah, that's just something that was very important to say as well, given all that we've, how much we glorified
2: <laughs> dark academia.
1: <laughs> Let's break it down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually you know what you make a really good point um I don't know if you have something more to add to that but I I would like to add something to it No you add said. something yeah Yeah so uh, the point is great right the aesthetic is great uh it has many appealing features to it mm. and it's very very much like Catholicism except for the fact that it lacks the truth right which is mm. yeshua Yeah it lacks it lacks the faith itself it has it has the packaging but it doesn't have the essence so this is This is why Dark academia can serve as a vehicle. So I'm going to retract my statement from before saying, switch the labels, Mm. because it's not the same product. Mm. It's the same packaging. But what's inside is what's different, which is, again, the truth. You're right. Yeah. So so it's important to remember that when we try to perhaps you do find something in in dark academia that you like. Let's say you didn't have one of these momentum mori cards by barrett is catholic and you want to get it now yeah go ahead and do, yeah. and do that but if you feel that maybe your aesthetic is a little bit brighter it's not so dark like gabriel and me then yeah if you're
0: into fine. you know and roses and flowers like that's just as catholic as a stark academia oh. catholics darn okay <laughs> so this is a whole another topic that we can get into because you know how the, with these aesthetics there's different styles like there's light academia there's yes dark oh, academia you right from my head and yes. again maybe it's not specifically dark academia that is catholic but rather like a lot of these okay may, that's not a good analogy but you know within i would say okay sticking to the aesthetic analogy I would say that within Catholicism, there are so many aesthetics. And, yeah. you know, I think besides dark academia, there are so many aesthetics that we yeah. can tap into, that people are into. The people who are into the you know, the light academia aesthetic, we can tap into that as well, because yeah. um, people who are into the, you know, the horror stuff, you know, we can tap into that as well. Like, heck, we have... Demons, exorcists, etc. I forgot which podcast it was or who said this, but it might have been Trent Horn. Uh, He was like, You know, in Catholicism, we literally have something for everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we literally have something for everybody, but, you know, I think it just so happens that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I, you know, in our biased opinion, I do think the dark academia aesthetic really
2: intertwines with Catholicism. Yeah. I would say the best, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, there are different flavors to it. Just think about the fact that we have different rights, right? So that's one. Yeah. And also, just real quick, you, were, you just mentioned about um, light academia. And I follow somebody on mm. the interwebs and Instagram who is legit the definition of light oh, academia. Oh, yeah, he
0: was a... Do we... It's
2: our little Toretto, uh, our, our little I... Loretto. That's so hard to say. I,
0: I think I follow them. Oh man, yeah. that yeah, that is a feed. I, I know you? a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of yeah, I I follow a couple of I think a lot of girls are especially girls who are really into Marian devotion are v- very much into light academia, you know, white backgrounds yep. and
2: like all of that. Like, you
0: know I think can, it's, can we
2: just know, can, Hold on, I want to go into something fun right now. Oh yeah, we we have very similar friends on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's, throw them, what, let's throw them into what. Let's throw them into not gossip, but let's throw them into what we can. Say. Okay, everybody. Okay, first of all, up
0: yeah. First, it, I'm gonna take say, it lightly. What? Okay, it's, it's yeah. Just a joke. Yeah, it's just a well, joke. But first, I, I want to say, Clyde Guzman, who we boo? Oh, say what? What did you say? Clyde Guzman, weeaboo. Uh Is that the word? Is that a word for anime? Weeboo. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Otaku, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Clyde. I'm sorry, but like a cardboard box background, that's not an aesthetic at all. Clyde. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna repost this. Like, Clyde, we're talking about aesthetics here, like a dark academia, light academia what is your aesthetic man like what is that cardboard background like you gotta well
1: anyway
2: he's gonna definitely roast us after this but i i love that guy although he is pretty dark academia just look at the way he talks he's so this is what i wanted to do okay everyone we're just gonna go into a little fun session we're gonna take a couple of the instagram people that we have some of our friends and we're gonna choose what category of academia they fall into because there's different forms there's light academia so we describe dark academia then we have light academia there's gray academia which is in between light and dark <clears throat> there's even greek and uh, not greek sorry green academia which it's something similar to something called cottage Why do you core. know out-
0: more about this than me i'm like literally <laughs> 10 years younger than you daniel
2: I'm telling you, YouTube started throwing all these things at my face. So naturally, I became, because of my thirst for knowledge, I'm like, let me learn more about this <clears> stuff and see what what it is. So let's throw our friends into what academia. So somebody said… <laughs> uh, religious, <laughs> um, Amber, the religious hippie, she means. <laughs> oh, is she like academia? Mimi says. Uh, what okay. would you classify her as? Like... Kind of. She's kind of like academia. Um, if you look at her room, that's why I think like academia. Hmm. But if you if you didn't look at her stuff, but you just look at the way she talks. I mean, she's a TikToker. She oh, yeah. she has a lot. Yeah, but she has statues and she has paintings and she loves books. She's always recommending books. So hmm. she's definitely in the academia. So maybe she's light academia. I'm going to throw one friend that I think is definitely dark academia. Oh yeah. Do you know Jordan from Do the Harder Thing? Not personally. Okay. So let me let me yeah, so search sure? his Instagram, Do the Harder Thing.
0: What is academia? Like how, how does one explain what what is academia?
2: Well, it it basically just has to do with the aesthetic that focuses on the, or romanticizes uh, the higher learning or education or just desiring to be wiser and smarter. So academia um, emphasizes that, just basically learning and wanting to learn more, wanting to expand knowledge and also appreciating ancient knowledge. So it's not particularly like somebody who's into coding for example, like you, you're gonna be wanting to learn about knowledge, but it specifically focuses on more classical type of knowledge, something that is ancient. So we're thinking Greek, Latin, Hebrew. Yeah. We're talking about the ancient things, traditional Catholicism, things like that. So academia is that. Um, so yeah, for would... somebody like do the harder thing is, is a perfect example of mm-hmm. dark academia, sorry. But um, he's always number one dressed really dark He's got a skull in the background of his of his studio set and also everything he posts is like just black. Oh man. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I think okay. he's
2: definitely dark academia.
0: Yeah, I mean, he this um Harrison asked um what's the difference between light and uh dark i guess that's what he means it literally is what it is
2: like it's light and dark like it's not it's not that complicated um yeah. there is another aspect on in regards to academia light and dark so you know how mm-hmm. we mentioned that a dark um uh, feels as oh, an aesthetic yeah, it feels yeah. darker and more gory right course, they focus yeah. more on non-death etc you know, on on death. Death, et cetera, right. you know but yeah, let's say yeah, let's say somebody's not is not into having skulls in their home. They don't really like momentum. More, I need it. To seems see. a little bit scary. Yeah, I know. Me too. I really want one. Um, but light academia thinks of more about happiness and life and uh, romanticizing the little things in your life. That's light academia. So hmm. you, I will take a saint, and I will tell you okay. who is very light academia. So I think somebody who's who gonna say. Who? Our little flower? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Super like academia. Didn't Uh didn't she write The Little Way? Yeah, yeah.
0: I was actually going to, like, this is, it sounds terrible, but, like, I, um, in my latest blog post, I talked about, you know, my patient saint and how, like, I've vibed with him so much. And I think I was talking about this topic of, you know, vibing with saints with, oh, my friend Jed. Mm Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I realized that I don't really vibe with my patron saint. And I just wanted to say that I I never vibed with, you know, our little flower. Mm. I'm sorry. Her real name is St. Therese of Therese. Lidlou. Um, yeah yeah sorry i just had to confirm like i always felt like you know i couldn't vibe with her because she's too she's too happy-go-lucky you happy happy, right (laughs) (laughs) right no like so again don't don't get me wrong or don't get this wrong uh no of course we love saint therese but you know it's just that you sometimes you just don't vibe with a saint and you know the beauty of the communion the communion of saints is that there's really someone for everyone
2: yeah exactly that, which is really cool and it's the same thing this is another reason why catholicism really goes well with all of these aesthetics specifically the yeah, academia this, thing. yeah
0: this trend. Everyone,
1: yeah, yeah one of
2: the things that we can say about catholicism in all its forms is that it does appreciate the ancient otherwise mm. we wouldn't have a bible because yeah. what is the bible is the tradition it's mm-hmm. our tradition right since we're carrying this ancient knowledge this ancient understanding And by its very nature, we have to deal with Latin and Greek and Hebrew. And we have to deal with our history, which is Mm. over 2000 years old. By its very nature, it's very academia. In regards to its flavors, whether dark, green, gray, light, I think the perfect example of what we were just talking about, like if you want to think of dark academia, I think Jerome, who is very like clouded (laughs) and very mysterious, but also kind of rough and Thomas Aquinas who is such a studious guy and he's like mm. diving into the books and philosophy and then we think of Saint Thérèse who is definitely the definition of light academia yeah, yeah, where yeah. she is she is studious she is a doctor of the church but she is the author of the little way which emphasizes about life and happiness and seeing the beauty in the smallest of things so Again, there's there's yeah, a, a, a yeah. saint for everyone. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I think, like, you know, we're really onto something here because hmm. there's, you know, there's so much division in the church right now, as we all know. But hmm. imagine if we could just aesthetify Catholicism and, you know, instead of, like, dividing on this, it's like, I think the Harry Potter example was good. You know they're all part of the same school, but they have different um that? houses, and they all have like yeah. a different like personalities and different yes. like vibes and different expressions i I think that's it's similar with the rights, but perhaps the rights are more geographical mm-hmm. but when it comes to you know personality, that is something that's way more diverse than the rights and you know if we could find a way to estetify Catholicism in some sense and, you know, have like light academia, St. Therese and dark academia, um, St. Jerome and, you know, I think that would really be a beautiful way to, you know, facilitate the different, you know, the different expressions of the faith within Catholicism, you know?
2: Absolutely. I think this you're is, onto something. Yeah, here. we
0: might be onto something. here. you know, like, yeah. you, know, you, you guys, this <laughs> to the six people watching, like, you might be witnessing like the next, you know, this is this might be the very
2: well be the future of Catholicism. Like, <laughs> yeah, I uh, know, in, in a very serious note, that could very well I'm be serious. the thing, I'm serious. because of the fact, like, look, we were just talking about earlier in the in this podcast that there seems to be a resurgence of this thirst for the ancient, right? Yeah. There is, is, and many people are calling this a new Renaissance and, mm-hmm. it, and it permeates to different areas of, of life, right? It's not just in social media, it's not just in the way that people view it, um, knowledge in school, but something that is really, really prevalent right now is finding an aesthetic, appreciating knowledge like everybody wants to learn more mm-hmm. everybody there i don't know anybody that's online because look if you go there's so many how-to videos right so yeah, everybody yeah. has a personal knowledge um self-learning um,
0: self-help um yep it's at an all-time high right now people are investing like the highest amounts into self-education
2: Exactly. Like those study with me videos. Have you ever heard of those? Oh, those as well. Yeah. (laughs) those. It's literally somebody in a video recording themselves studying.
0: Or with the anime girl sitting there with with the music playing in the background.
2: Yeah. So it's like everybody's starting to really have this desire for knowledge, but (laughs) then it, it also could have a dark side. And this is where we have to take control of the situation And make sure we drive Catholicism into this direction because Mm. there are negative things when it comes to learning. What if they start learning about the wrong thing? Yeah. So this is where we have to be the educators and educate them in the right way. I mean, look at what's happening right now.
0: This is why we have to, um, as we like to say, reclaim things. If we take back control of this entire thing, like, you know, then at least we, you know, we can, ah, oh, this sounds so terrible. Maneuver. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, maneuver. I think that's a better way to say it than what I was going to mm. say. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say dictated. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, because, you know, it, uh, this comes back to the topic of, you know, if everyone was still Catholic, we wouldn't have this problem. But, you yeah.
2: know. Right. And unfortunately, the whole world isn't Catholic, which is why we can take opportunities like this yeah. and and push it forward where we want to go to. Because, like we mentioned before, yeah, yeah. it's it's Just it like sounds Halloween. like yeah, yeah. It sounds like Catholicism is dark academia, but basically, dark academia is the visuals of Catholicism. So mm-hmm. we can use the visuals. It doesn't mean we throw them away. It means mm-hmm. we use them to attract them to the truth. Um, so when it comes to things like this, I think it's a, a great opportunity for evangelizing and a great way for us to take advantage of it before they, again, yeah. steal from us like what Just happens like with everything. What
0: they've done with everything. Halloween, like Halloween and, and Christmas. Bloody hell.
2: Yeah, like, exactly. Like, we can't let the world take our things mm-hmm. and be like, oh, it's our thing, and now it's pagan, and now it's secular. Yeah. Secular is a new way of saying pagan, right? Yeah. So wow. when we think about Catholicism, um we and we have this and we have dark academia we could let it go and then 10 years down the road people are going to be appreciating the aesthetic and be like oh look at that pagan architecture look at this <laughs> secular architecture it's so dark academia no it's not it's catholic but now they're exactly. taking it from us and we let it go and then people are going to be like yeah. oh you know our churches we, we can't de- design them like that anymore because that's like stealing from the exactly. world and then And then Gabriel and I are going to have to make a video again, being like, actually, guys, it's time for us to reclaim our architecture. What the heck? I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, man. We take the bull by the horns. Just like
1: how we literally
0: had to make a video about reclaiming Halloween.
2: Yeah, like we shouldn't have had to do that. But the reason why we're having to do that is because we let it go. Heck, Daniel, this is why we vibe so well. Yeah, man.
0: um i know we've gone on for so long but I, I don't feel like like there's a need to end this i think when people see a two hour long conversation they're going to be intrigued
2: so i actually yeah, want to go not... on
0: um do you have to be anywhere though
2: um actually surprisingly no okay Not great. In, like we... many yeah. hours from now
0: yeah then we can continue i wanted to so now we know how you got into the dark academia thing but i thought i'd share about my story and how i became you know the way i am i guess uh fun funny well fun fact i didn't exactly know what this dark academia stuff was all about until daniel told me about it last week then I mm-hmm. did a deep dive into it. And then I realized, I think it was a similar story as yours. Like, you looked into it and then you realized that, oh, wow, me. this is me. Uh, again, back to the topic of how some, you know, some people, they find dark academia and they think it's cool and then they want to change the entire aesthetic to fit that. Uh, I guess, you know, if you really relate to it and you 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 know people you know it's okay to discover things you know we yeah. discover our you know ourselves in different ways just you know there's a difference between trying to be something you're not and f- discovering yourself but um that besides the point uh i would say that i guess in my teenage years uh i just saw it as a preppy school kid vibe um Mm -hmm. you know growing up as i said earlier i didn't have a father figure in my life my family wasn't that well to do um and i knew that i didn't want to end up like you know there was I guess, other kids who were Mm. in a similar situation and, you know, end up joining gangs or taking Mm. drugs and smoking, etc. So for me, I guess, how I coped with it was I really focused on wanting to pursue a virtuous life Mm. and the sort of life that I might have, I guess, lived if, you know, my father was still around. So I... Guess I just really held myself to a really high standard, and it mm. I guess that manifested in the way I acted and held myself. You know, I yeah. always tried to, to dress like a private school kid, so it was like <laughs> a very preppy outfit. Yeah, and I guess that entire vibe of you know, holding yourself to a higher standard, mm-hmm. um, always desiring something greater than yourself and you know like never settling like that you know somehow for me i guess my personality as well it just it led me towards this entire vibe of you know the turtlenecks and (laughs) you know the you know the map aesthetic and well the violin violin in the background the violin is because i like okay like again this is what i mean by naturally perhaps i do fit the aesthetic is you know i I was a musician um music nerd for pretty much the first half of my life um what else man like Ah. because i totally see how people say like oh you're so dark academia uh um, like I'm into poetry. I like writing poetry. That's right. I always have like classical music playing in the playing in the back, playing. Was it background. your intro um, like
2: uh, classical music or something like that? It was very
0: Renaissance. Your intro. oh yeah, my intro used to be like a harpsichord, and it was playing um, Salve Regina." Uh, um,
1: this guy is so dark. I can so-
0: you know, and the Catacomb Diaries. It's like it's you know catacombs dark Mm -hmm. um the 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 font is literally some old manuscript font (laughs) (laughs) what else um i like to walk around with a book in my hand just to feel smart even though i'm so in and again like i don't totally fit it like i'm bad at reading like i always joke that i'm illiterate like i'm so bad at reading (laughs) like audiobooks like i can listen to audiobooks at like three times speed but (laughs) like i can't i can't read for real um you know i'm always dressing dark what else you know i like to do this thing where i have my rosary slinging from my pocket you know i think i look yeah i totally think i look cool well you do (laughs) yeah um well you uh, and i drink
2: i can i can tell you some things about you that uh, i think are pretty dark okay yeah all right, so it you already mentioned me. like you're, you're fascinated the way you talk and all of those things, but I think even just your attitude, and you mentioned before how like some people, even you were thinking maybe I should smile less, joke less, be more mysterious, and, and I don't really think you do because dark academia, although it is mysterious, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be mysterious, it's just the things that you're into could be mysterious, like for example, the mystery of. The Eucharist, the mystery (laughs) of the hypostatic union, all of those mysteries, right? Our faith is surrounded in mystery, right? Um, But I I think um, for you in particular, just like your whole vibe when I first, obviously I just discovered the term dark academia, but when I first saw your content for the very first time on YouTube, I'm like, man, look at this guy's vibes. They're so dark and so gloomy-like. And as a matter of really? fact, your videos
1: used to be darker until I told you to put up your light. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, I, I remember. I actually brightened you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh yeah. yeah.
0: I think be, I actually, have always been that Yeah, I I you know, I actually got some criticism in the past where like people said, Your videos are so like gloomy. I feel like I'm watching like a <laughs> uh i don't know like like a funeral or something like you're always just wearing black or you need to add some color to your videos like they're always so you know mm. like heck I, I wish i hadn't listened to them well I, I guess there there's some you know constructive criticism to be taken there uh, sure. have a bit more energy um well, you know like i you know i i would say that um I'm proud of the fact that, I mean, the fact that there's an entire, isn't this, like, didn't you feel this way when you discovered Dark Academia, that you, like, there's literally an entire cult of people who wish they were you.
2: Yeah, that's so funny, exactly that, like, look at these people, like, hunting their aesthetic, and they're, like, they're going thrifting so that they can find elements to, you know, to feel like they're that. But it's like, oh, wait, that's what we already did. And you said it funny because it's like, we, we're we dark academia without trying.
0: Yeah. So that's like, I think it's very Look funny. at this. Yeah, like,
2: this is why they say dark academia
0: people are all like elitist. And like, look at this. Yeah. Like literally we're the most elitist <laughs> people around. <laughs> 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 okay, earlier on, I was also, uh, I just wanted to touch on, apparently it's, it's like drinking, uh, apparently, like a dark academia thing. Like, I know you're a whiskey person as well. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Scotch. Like, yeah. I'm
2: very much a bourbon guy. No, me too. I'm a bourbon really? guy. But this is just a, this is just a gift from that my is a uh, huge mother-in-law. Bottle. Yeah, this is a Scotch whiskey blend. I mean, yeah, it's I'm not nothing a fan fancy. of either. It, it's yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. yeah. You.
0: Look, look at this it. like elitist.
2: Um, you know, like <laughs> like, uh, like, ugh, like that is okay. <laughs> another another vibe in dark academia is having candles, right? Do you have candles around you?
0: Um,
2: that's another very Catholic thing.
0: I I have a like I mean I guess this is good enough. Oh my
2: gosh, that's the most dark academia lamp I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, like
2: it's from IKEA, Bro. you know. <laughs> but it looks very dark academia another thing is like stamps like wax Uh stamps which is another thing oh because they're really into like uh writing letters and stuff like that so i have like this super ornate stamp so very
0: oh yeah i've seen all yeah all the videos about that like i think apparently like all you need to do to fit dark academia is have a violin from what i've seen on pinterest when you search (laughs) up dark academia it's like violin and honestly I'm like starting yeah. to find it a bit pretentious. I'm like, come on, half of the half of these people definitely do not know how to play the violin. Like, you're like, <laughs> like uh, and you can uh, play.
2: I need you to play something right now. Since this is gonna be a long podcast, you should play something right now.
0: I actually, no, this is another confession I have to make. I, uh,
2: I can't play. You the don't violin. play it either.
0: No, I mean, I I can roughly play it because you know I play um the Chinese fiddle, right? The the erhu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I play good, that yeah. and then like in my teenage years, I wanted to start learning a lot of instruments. So mm-hmm. like I was like, you know, yeah, I want to try learning the violin and so I-, I can make some noises out of it. Uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't say I'm very good. But, you know, when you play one string instrument, it's a bit easier to pick up the rest mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Not sure,, uh, which is you know again i don't I don't completely fit the dark academia vibe, and I don't think it's something that people should necessarily force themselves into, like uh, I play a Chinese instrument, like it's not exactly the most stereotypically European thing, yeah, European dark academia thing, <laughs> and like you know like that's like that's me like i'm I'm not gonna force myself to scratch notes out on the violin just to fit a vibe
2: no but i will say this in in defense of dark academia this is terrible that i have to do this but in defense of dark academia i think people think of it as a specific eurocentric thing because that's what gets posted but dark academia in its essence it's it doesn't have eurocentricity it's part of its definition its definition is a subculture and aesthetic that romanticizes higher learning and education that has an emphasis in mystery and death and that appreciates classic literature Mm. and classic art and classical music so with just the actual definition of dark academia there's a huge space for people with different vibes and aesthetics to kind of merge into it which again is how you end up with the different academia aesthetics like light academia
0: yeah um to add on to that um another quote that came up during my research was i'm not sure where this was from but it was like yeah dark academia is is it the stuff that you see posted is all yeah very humanities oriented of course, any STEM student would know that truly dark academia is your calculus professor wearing Hawaiian shirt and slippers, maniacally laughing during an exam. <laughs> the horror. <laughs> the oh and gosh. I thought, you know, a fair point. That's so true. Like, all these people might, you might fit the aesthetic and think that, oh, look at me, I'm so dark academia. But right. somewhere out there, there's a calculus professor who literally, like, fit. Like, is the definition of dark academia without even trying, without even right. fitting the
2: stereotypical vibe? Right, right. They're dark academia in paper, but in looks, they're probably not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Man, I is... don't know if anybody has any questions or comments that we could uh, share. And does anybody mention oh, anything? Oh,
0: yeah. Um, this is an interesting one. Would you consider
2: Eastern Catholic
0: art lighter dark?
2: Uh, it's still dark I, um, in yeah, my
0: opinion. like yeah uh, when it comes to like light like oh, I can oh <laughs> hang on do you see what's in the corner like right here
2: I can't see it's it's crept off <sighs> okay. oh my what does this guy have it's huge <laughs> oh my that is like, a light academia painting right there if yeah, someone
0: this... Like, all right, this is like light, okay? Like, this is light. Bro, but
2: that frame is dark academia.
0: Oh, yeah. oh well, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, I mean, I guess, oh. I
2: mean, it could be both. I guess it could yeah, be both. Yeah, I guess it could be both.
0: But, yeah, when we,
2: yeah, light, come on, like. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, I would say Eastern Catholicism is still dark because of the fact that it still has very ornate uh very rich yeah like that's oh man that's beautiful that is gorgeous
0: i would say this is you know it's dark yeah
2: if you wanted to see a a light version of light academia in in regards to like a catholic i would say our little loretto is the perfect example like even if you look at this image where she has a statue of the blessed mother like you see how Mm. white and clean and green plants around Mm -hmm. that looks very light academia to me yeah so if you if you go to somebody that has that type of aesthetic i would call them light academia plus she's always posting about her kids and it's happy things and it's beautiful whereas dark academia might not be described as in that same manner lively and
1: stuff
0: (laughs) exactly man, I wanted to share like um a friend of mine that I follow about her account is on private, so I'm mm. guessing I should probably leave that private, but um yeah, like her feed <laughs> like when it she is the definition of light like, academia, even her Instagram stories I don't know how she does it, but every single place she goes literally it's just light, yeah like yeah, yeah. light like there's like a leaf. Like, they, i don't know how like in every picture there's like a white porcelain statue of mary <clears throat> and then yeah. there's like a leaf or a flower and then like a mm. you know a subject in the photo and i'm like how are you like how how do you get this vibe wherever you go because she travels like a lot ah. from country to country and i'm like
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: how how do you do that
2: mm. like Interesting So she, I guess she's really good with that type of aesthetic Like she knows her aesthetic And she I, knows how to search out for it is. No
0: Oh, um, Kylie Thank you for being here, Kylie um, Hasn't the dark academia aesthetic Been hijacked by anime? Now, I do not know anything about anime So you've got to enlighten me, Mr. Living in Japan yeah.
2: um, Well <laughs> I, I would say that not necessarily anime. I think it's Japanese culture is very dark academia in a sense. And the reason really? why... I, I always imagine Japanese
0: culture, they have all the flashy lights in Tokyo and like
2: neon signs uh, and everything. Like Yeah, uh, I guess, I mean, Japan has a lot of subcultures okay, to it. Yeah. But like one thing that you'll know about, I mean, I guess this is prevalent in many Asian cultures. But in, Jap- in Japan, because it's what I have firsthand knowledge of, is people here are extremely studious and they are so into lear- learning and academia and uh, also the uniforms which they got of course from western countries oh, but yeah. their uniforms are yeah. like what the definition of dark academia is yeah, like for example true. some yeah. of the schools that i go to now they look like ivy league I style uniforms. i always loved that like that's what yeah. i meant sorry that's what i meant
0: about in my teenage years always wanting to fit that um, preppy private school Ivy League vibe because the, oh man like the uniform the uniforms we have in Singapore nice look. they look terrible like uh, I guess <laughs> it's because of the weather it's super hot and humid here so like there's not much we can do we can't exactly be wearing blazers but you know the colour scheme it's just terrible so I always yeah. like did this thing where I wore a blue sweater over my I didn't care how hot it was like, this mm-hmm. is why I wear turtlenecks in, like, Singapore's humidity and heat. Like, I <laughs> just got used to it. But I would do this thing where I pull over a sweater over my uniform and have the collar stick mm-hmm. out so it would look, like, super preppy. And, yeah. you, know, you know, that was just my <laughs> thing. But now I see what you mean by the Japanese, yeah, thing. But yeah. I I mean, if I'm not wrong, I think there, there might be certain animes that go into the entire dark academia vibe
2: do you well, know that's, anything that's about why? that? why it's because it's because the real <laughs> life in japan is like that it's because japan oh, is very okay. dark. It makes, in, sense. In sense like, it makes sense of like makes sense yeah, yeah. So, exactly so if you actually even notice in in a lot of anime mm-hmm. what they do is like they how you pronounce uh, anime with like the japanese accent <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess I got used to it because that's how they say it in here. A lot of words like I got used to saying it in the Japanese way. And it's not me trying to be pretentious people. It's just literally that's how I learned it because I didn't even know about it until I got here. I I don't watch anime. Right. So in in regards to the aesthetic right in Japan being like that, Mm -hmm. another aspect of why Japan is so dark academia is because Catholicism got to Japan a very, very long time ago. So there is a lot of architecture. Mixed into the places, like there's some cathedrals, like I mentioned, my own church, um, and a lot of the schools. There's a lot of schools that are Catholic schools in here. Actually, a lot of the private schools in Japan are Catholic, which means mm. that they are super dark academia. One, because they're so focused in education. Number two, they have this super um, this this mindset of just thriving in the world of knowledge. And also the architecture is there and music, like, come on, Japanese Mm. people are, if you're a little Japanese child, you're either playing the piano or or you're playing the violin. Yeah. Right. So like even my own son has a little piano (laughs) and he's, he's, he's not even two years old yet and he has a piano. So, um, and even my wife, like when, when she was younger, um, Mm -hmm. that's why her mom wanted her to learn just like. Things like that, those type of classical instruments. Yeah, literally, like the violin method is called the Suzuki
0: method. Like, huh. I think that's yeah. uh, enough testimony to how much Japan is into uh, right. Yamaha. You know.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so but that's why Hawaii piano is sorry. Just my inner music nerd coming out. <laughs>
2: ah there you go see that's because you're dark academia
0: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i mean sorry and speaking of this entire thing i think clyde Latin catholicism uh, when we have that three-way podcast this is definitely something we probably want to touch on because he's definitely gonna go off on how anime is so catholic and i'm gonna be like nah man (laughs) but you know he's (laughs) you know uh, he's he's um free to prove me wrong um, but I have a feeling he might have. Yeah. There might be more truth to that statement than I might
2: have believed before this conversation. So, yikes. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that happening, especially like when you said about Daredevil. I would have never considered it about having anything Catholic at all, and then I just discovered that the the Pretty character man, I've is been a Catholic.
0: Posting about it, like ever since, like. I get, I've been posting about it nonstop and harassing Catholics to watch it. Come on, Daniel. I'll get into it. Sorry, I'll, I'll make <laughs> sure to watch. Man, oh, oh. man. Well, uh, I think maybe now is a good time to wrap it up. But this was so good. Um, you know, yeah. I think I am going to take the entire Dark Academia vibe more seriously. Like again, like because I know like what, what's me and what's not me. But you know the parts of me that are dark like academia. I think yeah, I should jolly well embrace them and like, I don't know. Uh, I'll be thinking about how how I want to make some changes either to the content or the style,
2: mm-hmm. and you know I think we yeah. we're definitely onto something here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, let's let's claim our. Yeah, let's claim our culture before we have to reclaim it later on. Exactly,
0: so. I'm gonna become like the the official Dark Academia poster boy of Catholicism.
1: Like,
2: man, I, you could do that, and it's it's crazy because I found it, but I'm like, man, I I really couldn't do that with my content because mine focuses more on the Jewish side of things. But yours, I, that's why I contacted you about this because I'm like, man, this guy is so Dark Academia. He's the perfect person for this. And but and again, remembering like you just said, you know, there's some things that you don't have to mold yourself after. Exactly, but there like are I can't things read. that yeah, you're not yeah, gonna I,
0: make me read the entire of my Plato, which is still sitting at, still sitting there from last year, and I haven't gone got past ten pages. But this guy, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's me. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna force myself yeah. to read it. Although no, I like, oh, yeah.
2: I have a tip. Um, and this is how I actually, cause I used to hate reading. Yeah. So for anybody out there who hates reading, um, the way that I actually got into it and now (laughs) why I love books and reading Mm -hmm. is because I, I kind of started playing dark academia since I was a little kid by lying to myself and I would say, I love reading. I love it. I really enjoy reading when I didn't. Right. But I would say that until my mind started to believe it and I would pick up a book like the scriptures exactly. for example and i would just read like a verse or two and i said wow i love that and then little by little i started reading more and more and now i just know surrounded this by is, books
0: no this is what i mean by you know it, of course like there's certain parts where if you do it it's just pretentious like i don't know if like, you don't wear turtlenecks and you start just keep you keep wearing right. turtlenecks, and yeah, that's pretentious. But there are so many good parts of, I mean, what dark academia right. is, it's like, you know, the love of knowledge. And that's yes. it's always a good thing, like right. the, the wanting to pursue knowledge. And again, I think this is why this dark academia thing has a, has a lot of potential because when you see how like cool this aesthetic of dark academia is, mm. and you you know you want to aspire towards that you know again with the whole exclusivity thing it's exclusive because you know it. you're p- putting yourself at a higher standard and when you want to pursue that higher standard it pushes you to do things to better yourself and things like reading you know yes. there's never any this one there's no harm in that. And i think this is such it's it might sound silly but it, mm. hey it works it works it's it's something that might make someone like me actually be able to read, which is why yeah I know I just said that you know you're not gonna make me read the mm-hmm. book, but <laughs> again I have been contemplating you know this dark academia vibe you know it's so cool and I really want to be more like that and so I have right. been really contemplating yeah I, I really want to pick up my books more and I really want to read more. And I really want yeah. to, you know, study my Latin more and all of these things. You no, know, these are so many great things that can come out of it. And um, this brings it's up a, little, um, yeah. a, f- a funny story about the map behind me. It's mm-hmm. it's something like the story you just shared, which is mm. um, back in school, I hated geography and the school forced me to take it. So what I did was I essentially told myself, well I guess I'm stuck with this now so I'm just gonna brainwash myself into believing that I love geography So I just mm-hmm. you know went all in I followed the NAT Geo Instagram accounts. I bought a National Geographic map. I nice. just went all into the ge- geography and becoming a geography nerd I even learned how to spell the Icelandic mountain it's called AF
1: Oh my I, goodness. I, I bet gracious. you haven't heard of
0: it. But like it, the no. spelling of it, I learned to, to spell mm. it, you know, with the you know, the little circle things on top of the letters. Yep. And when mm. that came out for my exam, I was so happy that I could flex that word because I bet no nice. one else like memorized that <laughs> example and I was like just so yeah. proud of it. Anyway, yeah, that's awesome. the story of why I got that map. And in fact, ah. if you look really closely, there's a lot of dots on it. What I did uh-huh. was I pasted these little dots on the map because in geography there, the textbook, with every example that is supposed to memorize, it's associated with a location. So I essentially put a dot on every location that I had to remember mm-hmm. an example of. And every day I would look at the map And Mm -hmm. I would look at a random dot and I would remember, okay, that's the example I have to learn. For example, um, Madagascar and South Korea would have the same colored dot. And I would remember, oh, because South Korea bought land in Madagascar to do farming, etc. I still remember it to this day. That's crazy. Fun fact. That's awesome. The geography was the only A I got for my exams.
2: (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) you kind of adapted it. You kind of made it you you took that aesthetic if you will but not really you you took that aspect and you're like let me make it pretend it's kind of like that fake it till you make it type of thing yeah, yeah. in a way uh like this is what i did with the with books as well but hey i just wanted to share a little scripture that i really love yeah uh, in regards to all of this because we're we're really focusing on like the knowledge aspect of dark academia and catholicism and this is not just m- Catholicism in the last 2,000 years, we're going all the way back to thousands and thousands of years. We're talking even before Yeshua, because even the (laughs) scriptures have this very beautiful thing in regards to knowledge and to actually desiring to seek knowledge. Mm -hmm. If you look in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 2, it says this, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search it out. In other words, god is the god of mystery but he wants us to go and search these things out Mm. god wants us to take this you know what we call now in the dark academia world this romanticizing of knowledge he he wants us to do that he wants us to Mm. desire to know things and to search for truth because at the end of the day if we really pursue truth what Mm -hmm. we find is god himself that's so good uh, I'll just good. end there before I before I say something dumb. I'll just end it there and be like, "Wow, he ended it in a good note."
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that was a good one. Darn. Yeah, man. I think we have to do another um, follow up to this episode, something Hi, yeah, to do sure. with Dark Academia, because I could go on and on. Because now I'm just thinking back on my school days, on, and I'm I'm just thinking, okay, darn, yeah, I was such a Dark Academia kid. Uh, I mean, probably the, the other kids just thought I was an asshole, but, <laughs> uh, but hey, um, the way I see it, I was totally the dark academia kid, so we definitely yeah. have to do a follow-up to this. So where can people find you,
2: Daniel? Yes, um, if anybody wants to check out my content, if you want to learn the ancient roots of the faith, check me out at the Jewish. Catholic. Same thing on Instagram. If you want to find me there, it's at the Jewish Catholic. Uh, I don't have a website. I just have those two things. So if you wanted to reach out, if you want to message me, feel free to do so, but definitely check out the content. If you go to my YouTube channel and you really want to get the essence of what my channel is all about, I have a playlist called The Essentials. Check Mm. that one out first.
0: Great. Great. All right. Well, thank you, my... It's Leonard. No, that's a lot. I'm sorry. Thank you, my dear Dark Academia friend. This is the start this is the start of this is the start of something new, man. Yeah, man.
2: We got to claim it. Memento Take Mori, it. guys. Yes, Memento Mori. If you if you're into the Dark Academia vibes, get yourself Veritas Cla at Veritas Catholic, <laughs> definitely go check them out.
0: All right. Thank you so much for coming on,
2: Daniel. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, Gabriel. It's seriously some of the most fun podcasts that I do are here with you, so thank you.
0: you'll probably be on next week, if I'm being honest. (laughs) So you won't... Yeah, I'm down with it. Yeah, all right. So, uh, and with that, ladies and gents, we've unfortunately come to the end of today's episode. But hey, why the long face? As long as you make it, you know, worth the time by following, subscribing, and most importantly, sharing then rest assured there's gonna be a new episode before you can you know send me an email to tell me how great the content is you know or maybe send me a handwritten letter because you know we're all about that dark academia stuff but unfortunately uh, shipping is a pain to Singapore and also I'm not gonna give out my address Uh, I could buy a mailbox or something Uh, apparently that's a thing anyway I don't know (laughs) God bless your souls, and I think this should be my new catchphrase. Nah, that's a bit too pretentious, but you know,
1: momentum worry.